Hello and welcome to the Mindset Coach Podcast, the show where coaches and coaches-to-be tune in to learn how to integrate mindset coaching tools and neuroscience-based techniques into their practice and grow and scale a coaching business they love. Each week, I'll be sharing easy-to-implement tips, case studies, and business strategies that you can use right away to transform your own mindset and the mindset of those you coach. I'm your host, Lara Young, founder of the Mindset Coach Academy, author of 52 Adventures to Change Your Life, award-winning business owner, coach, and coach trainer. Tune into this podcast each Friday, free on all the podcasting apps, and click to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, mindset is everything. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Lara Young, and this week we're going to be delving into a topic that is increasingly important in our modern interconnected world, emotional intelligence or EQ. Today, we're going to talk about what it means, why it's key to unlocking success, and provide some practical exercises to help you to hone your own EQ. So let's dive in. Emotional intelligence refers to the ability to understand, use, and manage your own emotions in positive ways to relieve stress, communicate effectively, empathize with others, overcome challenges and diffuse conflict. So having emotional intelligence, of course, is really important across every single aspect of your life, from your work life to your relationships to the way in which you set goals and go about achieving goals. And that's why it's important that as mindset coaches, we understand the concept of emotional intelligence, that we're able to work with our clients around their emotions and to really help them to harness the power of emotion to achieve their goals and live the life of their dreams. The Mindset Dimensions Report, of course, measures emotional frequency. So that is really useful for you as a coach because in the Mindset Dimensions Report, we actually measure your client's frequency of experiencing negative or unresourceful emotions as well as positive or resourceful emotions. So that can be a very brilliant input into your coaching and it enables you and your client to have a benchmark from which to work on their emotional intelligence and also for helping them to really hone and develop the five main elements of emotional intelligence, which are self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. So let's look at these briefly. Self-awareness involves recognizing your own emotions and how they affect your thoughts and behavior, knowing your strengths and weaknesses, and having self-confidence. So again, having that mindset dimensions report, having an awareness of the frequency of emotions is a very powerful starting point for helping your clients to develop their own self-awareness and to really be able to you know, harness that and to look at reflecting and changing some of those emotional responses, but maybe they don't really want to have or that don't really serve them well. The next thing is self-regulation. Now, self-regulation is really about identifying, managing 
controlling and adapting your emotions, your mood, your reactions and responses. You know, there is a real gap between the stimulus, so an event or a situation that happens that leads to that thought and emotional response, there is a gap there in which we can help our clients to create a pause so that the way that they react and interact is going to be far more effective and conducive to them achieving their goals. And whether those goals are in maintaining healthy relationships or in, you know, impressing in a presentation or in a workplace team meeting, then we're able to help our clients to really self-regulate and manage their emotional response. Responses. We have people, you know, who perhaps in the workplace can become very frustrated and then that shows that then impacts their ability to move forward in the organisation. It impacts the relationship they have with their team members and it also impacts the way in which they're perceived by other managers and leaders in the organisation. Similarly, you know, for parents, are you able to recognize, so self-awareness, recognize the trigger for the emotions that you're experiencing and then regulate them so that you're able to have a calm and considered approach when uh, engaging with your children rather than one that is highly reactive where you fly off the handle. And then, of course, everyone's unhappy, everyone's stressed, and it really does not help your children to know how to regulate their emotions either. Self-regulation could be that you have a history of becoming very jealous in romantic relationships. And so as a result of that, your relationships haven't tended to go very far. They haven't progressed because of your jealous tendencies. And so we can really look at that as well and, you know, help our client to regulate those uh, emotions. We have lots of different techniques for doing this, of course, as mindset coaches. And the first step in being able to regulate is that awareness. Now, the next thing, the third thing that comprises emotional intelligence is motivation. So this is really being able to harness the power of your emotions to drive you towards your goals. It's about the ability, even when you're not feeling motivated, to really bring those feelings and sensations of motivation into your body so that you can then progress. You can be working on tasks that you've set yourself. Um, You can actually be, you know, getting out of bed to go for that run in the morning. And, you know, we use techniques like anchoring, for example, which is really powerful to have that emotion coursing through our veins, coursing through our body, so that it is giving us that impetus, that push, that pull to move forward, to do the things that we need to do. The fourth one is empathy. And this means understanding other people's feelings and responding to them appropriately. So this is really where, you know, we are taking a moment to be in someone else's shoes. And we do that in a way that really acknowledges their emotional experience and doesn't devalue or discount it. The next one is social skills. Now, social skills, of course, covers a wide range of competencies from active listening to leadership potential. And depending on what you're coaching your client around, you will be working with a number of different things here. So, for example, you may also look at your client's behavioral preferences around Do they prefer have an introversion preference or an extroversion preference? Because again, that is going to make a difference in terms of how they actually show up in the world. And it does impact on 
the social skills, the social ability that they actually have and how they prefer to be, whether they prefer to be in small, more intimate environments or whether they prefer to be in larger, more energetic environments. And it is interesting when we start to consider these things, uh, self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills, when we begin to explore these with our clients, and we do this as mindset coaches, we're really unlocking a whole lot of potential when it comes to our client's success. So why is that? Why does emotional intelligence play such a crucial role? Well, it does because it affects our capacity to work well with other people, to overcome obstacles, to help us manage stress, and make informed, clear decisions. Those people with high EQ often correlates with better job performance, leadership skills, and interpersonal relationships. And in fact, when I was working in the corporate world and when I had my own corporate consultancy, I used to measure EQ in organizations as part of leadership development experiences. Why? Because emotional intelligence, EQ, is such a powerful indicator of how effective a leader someone is going to be. Think about it. A leader needs to be able to have all of those different things. It needs A leader needs to be able to work well with other people. They need to be able to overcome obstacles and not just throw up their hands in despair and give up. They need to be able to manage the levels of stress that may be associated with a, that level of a position. And they also need to make informed and clear decisions. And when we have emotional intelligence, we are much more able to do those things. Now, the really good news, and it was good news in the organizations that I worked in, and it's a great news for you as coaches and mindset coaches, is that emotional intelligence isn't actually a fixed trait. It can be learned and improved with practice and commitment. So let's look at some examples. So in leadership, think about a team member who can sense when her team is feeling overwhelmed can empathise with their stress and can provide supportive feedback and encouragement. This leader can foster a healthy work environment leading to higher productivity and lower turnover. So developing that, developing emotional intelligence for leaders, really, really powerful. Relationships, in personal relationships, emotional intelligence is key to understanding and empathising with your partner's feelings, communicating your own emotions clearly and managing conflicts effectively. And of course, relationships also extend to those team relationships, those work relationships. And then if we think about personal well-being, on a personal level, emotional intelligence can help you to understand and manage your own emotions, leading to better mental health and overall happiness. When we're able to manage and understand and have that self-awareness and self-regulation with our emotions, we're much more likely to feel happier rather than to be controlled by those emotional responses. So there are some things that you can do to really practice and improve emotional intelligence. And these are things that as a coach you can do with your clients. One of the very first steps, of course, is that self-awareness piece. So asking your clients just to spend a few moments each day reflecting on their emotional experience throughout the day. 
They can actually write them down in a journal and note what triggered the emotion. What was the situation or event that happened that led to the emotion they experienced? How did they respond? Was it resourceful or was it unresourceful? And what could they actually do more effectively? The next one is to work on their self-regulation. Now, one of the things that can really help with self-regulation is mindfulness and meditation. So this can really help you to become more aware of your emotional state in the moment, making it so much easier to manage your emotional reactions to situations. Self-regulation is about slowing down, paying attention to the thoughts that precede that emotional response. And one of the activities that you can do for self-regulation uh, is the stop, breathe, reflect and respond method. It's really powerful and it's also simple. And so that makes it a great one for you to use with your clients, for you to share with them. And when you do share it with a client, what you want to do is to have them think of an example and then run, run them through the exercise so that you get to demonstrate it and have them experience it. So when they go out of session, they can actually practice it. They know how to use it and they're much more uh, likely to remember to use it in those moments. So the first part of this uh, exercise is to stop. So what you ask your client to do is when they find themselves in a situation that really sparks, leads to strong emotions, the first step is to halt their immediate reaction. And this for clients may be just to literally stop what they're doing or to be consciously taking that mental pause. The next one is breathe. And what you want your clients to do is to take slow, deep breaths in and out to really help calm the mind and the body. We want to decrease that heart rate. We want to be able to stop in that moment and take deep breaths so that we prevent the rush of the stress response and we can give ourselves that moment to collect our thoughts. Breathing is very important and again, practice this with your clients. Want to learn more about how you can become a certified mindset coach? Head on over to our website, www.mindsetcoachacademy.com forward slash coach certification and you'll find all the information that you need along with a button to book a call with me to talk about how you can become the best coach you can be. The third part of the process is to reflect. So consider what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. So once you've taken that those deep breaths and you're calmer, consider what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. What's the underlying cause? Is your response proportionate to the situation? Does it match the situation? Is it an overreaction, an underreaction? And what are the possible consequences of reacting impulsively? So you want your client to think about these things. What is the underlying cause of this response? Is it warranted, right? Is it, is it an overreaction potentially? And what are the possible consequences of reacting impulsively? And the final element is respond. So after giving yourself that time to process, what you want to have 
the what do you want to say the client is once you've had that time to process so once you've stopped breathed and reflected then you want to choose the most uh, appropriate response now of course this isn't necessarily going to be what your initial emotional reaction might have been but it's instead a response that's in line with your overall goals and values so you might be thinking Lara that sounds great can I have an example well yes you can Okay, so let's imagine that you're in a team meeting and a co-worker criticizes a project you've been leading. Your initial reaction is to snap back defensively, feeling anger and frustration. So taking the stop, breathe, reflect, respond process, first of all, before you react and snap back, you're going to take a mental pause. Take a few deep breaths, breathe, which calms your immediate emotional response. Reflect, consider why you're upset. For example, you put a lot of work into this project and so you feel defensive. And think about the best course of action. And this could be about defending your work professionally and receptively. So then what happens in the response? You respond with, thank you for your feedback. Could we perhaps delve deeper into this? I believe there are some points to discuss and clarify. So that's an example how you might use that technique uh, with a client in, you know, that you're coaching so that, you know, you're helping them to apply them to real-time techniques. And as a coach, it may be worthwhile you actually thinking about this exercise in the context of your niche and the clients that you work with and coming up with your own examples of where for your clients perhaps they get into situations where they have an emotional reaction that maybe they don't necessarily want to have and create your own example for a situation and then what happens when your client stops, breathes, reflects and responds. So then you can share it as an example with your clients. The next thing that we can do is to boost empathy. Now, empathy is about putting yourself in someone's else's shoes and making sure that when you're interacting with other people, you're making an effort to understand their point of view and validate their feelings. This is not an opportunity for you to dive in and talk about your perhaps even worse experience in a similar situation. So let's look at perspective taking because this is a wonderful technique for developing empathy and it does involve trying to see things from another point of view, imagining their thoughts, emotions, and motivations. So here's how you might use it. Well, the very first thing that you want to do is to identify the person's feelings. And that means that you start by identifying what the other person might be feeling in a given situation. You may do this by considering their verbal and nonverbal cues or by asking them directly, okay? Now, when you're coaching a client, you can... Uh, and you want and they want to or they recognize that there's a need for them to develop more empathy is you want to ask them to think about situations perhaps in the past where things haven't gone very well um, in terms of their own reaction and response and go back over that example with them. So have them think about in that situation what were, the verbal and non-verbal cues, okay? What were what could they have been thinking in that given situation? Okay. If you're if the client is then in the situation itself, 
you can ask them directly how they're feeling, okay, what in, in that specific situation. I'll give you an example of that in a minute. The second part is to imagine yourself in their place, and this is about putting yourself in their shoes, imagining, try that situation on and try to understand how you might feel. So with a client, we're asking them to put themselves in someone else's shoes. And for us ourselves, very important when we're wanting to deeply understand the problem or our client's situation, that we do the same for our clients, that we demonstrate empathy. So what we want to do, again, is to imagine ourselves, if we had their set of circumstances, is if we had their situation, how might we feel and how would we run the problem? Would how, you know, how do we, it helps us then, doesn't it, to understand the problem that the client has or the situation that the client is in. And the third step is to validate their feelings. And this is about acknowledging their feelings. And you don't necessarily have to agree with their perspective, but it's important to validate the feelings that are real and important for them. And so this is important that we always want to acknowledge how someone else may be feeling even though we don't, we wouldn't necessarily respond in that way, or even though we don't agree with their perspective. So the perspective taking is three steps, identify the person's feelings, imagine yourself in their place and validate their feelings. So let's have a look at an example. So let's imagine for a minute that a close friend is upset because they were overlooked for a promotion at work. You might think they're overreacting as you see the situation from an outside perspective. So let's take it through our perspective taking. So first of all, we want to identify the person's feelings. Your friend seems disappointed and hurt. They feel undervalued and overlooked. What you want to do is imagine yourself in their place. Imagine how you would feel if you'd been working hard and expecting a promotion only for it to be given to someone else. And then you want to validate their feelings. Instead of dismissing their feelings or offering solutions like, oh, you know, you can try again in six months or why don't you go and try for another job, you want to acknowledge their emotions. And you might say something like, it sounds like you're feeling really disappointed and overlooked. That must be very hard. And by doing that, we open up receptivity and we open up relationship building with our clients and with the other person in that situation. And when we are working with clients around their emotional intelligence, what we want to be able to do is to be role modeling emotional intelligence principles ourselves so that they learn not just through the coaching process and through the examples that we can share, but also by us role modeling that as well. Okay. And so what we want to be able to do is to help them to unlock those elements. So for example, if we want them to unlock self-awareness, what we want to be able to do is to ask them to think of recent examples. And they may come to you with a very specific example. If they don't, we can say to them, can you recall a recent incident where your frustration was evident and impacted the team negatively? Okay, that's an example where it is someone who is in a leadership role who gets frustrated and then demonstrates that frustration and even anger towards the team. So you ask them about it. Can you recall a recent incident where your frustration was evident and impacted your team negatively? Okay. And the client provides an example, okay, of where that happened. And what we want to do is acknowledge that 
example and then ask them to start to notice those patterns of those feelings emerging, those feelings of frustration and then what they're doing as a result of it. And that really helps to accelerate the development in the client of their own self-awareness, that they are feeling frustrated. They can feel the frustration rising and then they can then take the next step, which is to start to self-regulate. Okay. And that instance, then we can teach our client perhaps the stop, breathe, reflect, respond technique where they just take that pause so that they're actually responding in a way that is constructive rather than destructive. So in this instance, when they can feel that frustration rising, they're actually going to take a pause and ask themselves, what am I feeling frustrated about? Take some deep breaths, reflect, and then respond. And it may even be by saying, I'm feeling quite frustrated at the moment about this situation I'm going to take a pause and we'll come back and talk about it at another time, okay? So you really want to start to help your client to acknowledge, become self-aware and then self-regulate and then, of course, be empathetic. So in this case, you may do an exercise where you have your client who's frustrated at the team imagine themselves from a team member's perspective. How do you as a team member respond? And there's a beautiful uh, exercise from neuro-linguistic programming where we can actually have the client go in and assume and sit in the chair of a team member so that they're actually looking back at themselves and seeing how they themselves appear to that team member. And that is such a powerful tool for deep insight one, of course, that you learn in the Mindset Coach Certification Program. And then really, um, you know, just taking that time with our clients to help them recognize that developing emotional intelligence is like practicing anything. It's developing a muscle. And the more aware they can become, the more effective they become at self-regulation, the more adept they come at showing empathy and experiencing empathy for other people's situations, whether that is in, and depending on your niche, whether that is in the workplace, in relationships, in goal setting, whatever it is, um, then they will be much more effective, much more able to develop those uh, lasting relationships, productive, effective relationships, and ultimately to achieve the goals that they have set for themselves. So I hope this has been useful for you as a foray into emotional intelligence. Remember, you can use the Mindset Dimensions report to actually measure the emotional frequency that your client experiences. And the Mindset Dimensions Practitioner Certification, which is an ICF accredited certification, is included in our Mindset Coach Certification Program as well. So you've got all of that wealth of information there about your client. And then you also, of course, learn how to coach your client effectively across all of those different areas, including emotional intelligence. Bye for now. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. Remember to join us next week for another episode and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review if you've loved it. Share it with your friends. And I really look forward to learning how you're implementing the tools and techniques that you're learning here. Mindset is everything.